Vegetarian Zen, episode number 43. You are getting sleepy. What? Larissa, we don't want people to get sleepy right before they listen to our podcast. Oh, okay. You are getting sleepy right after this podcast. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And on today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we'll be discussing that often elusive good night's sleep. And specifically, we're going to be talking about good habits to build, bad habits to break, and foods that may help you to sleep very well every night. Oh, good. I will say my sleep has improved over the years. Oh, yeah. It used to be a lot worse. You used to have a lot a lot more problems sleeping. I did. I, I've never really had problems sleeping. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some things that I've changed mm-hmm. that have helped me to have a better night's sleep. But first, I know we have two new ratings that I'm really excited to get to. We do. We do. Yay. So the first one is from Bowen DU3. And the title of the review was, I've learned so much. And that's awesome. I just love to see that, right? Exactly. Uh, That's why we do this. So uh, the review says, I cannot get enough of this podcast. I'm a new vegetarian and listening to these down to earth and relatable ladies has helped me so much in this transition, as well as feeding me knowledge and humor. And in parentheses, it says the accents, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you found those funny because we've... We worry about that sometimes. We worry about that, and (laughs) to us, it's a little bit disturbing sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) We disturb ourselves. Yeah, Um, we do. Okay, and then uh, uh, Bowen uh, goes on to say, even if you just want to eat slash live healthier, you will definitely take a lot from listening. So thank you so much. That was a great review. We really appreciate you taking your time to do that. And I really appreciate the references to learning because I am an, as you know, I love to learn. I love to teach. And this is why we, this is a big reason why we put this podcast together was that as we went on our vegetarian journey, as we continue down that road and we learn things, we definitely love sharing with people. Right, right. So thank you so much for that. And then our other review is from Hello Kitty 633633. As we're surrounded by kitties now, they're they're swarming in the room for some reason. <laughs> they they're normally out and about when we're recording, but for some reason they're very interested in what we're doing today. I know, so we may have <laughs> cats climbing all over the mics and everything. We'll see. All right, so Hello Kitty 633633 says uh, in the title of of their review is Southern Gal. Well, her review is Southern Gal in Food Desert. That's great. All right. So she says, y'all, if you're new to any veggie lifestyle or just trying, this is for you. This is full of tips and encouragement delivered in a super gentle, we're not perfect either kind of way. I stumbled onto them when I started out just six weeks ago. Most of my best ideas have come from this podcast. Oh, that's sweet. Um, They give practical daily life kind of advice and get you excited to try things you never thought you could do. I live in Louisiana and have limited choices, but I'm doing it. Thanks, VegZen. You've truly affected my success in my life. Now on to trying your latest tips. 
That's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. And what I really like about that particular review is the we're not so perfect either attitude, Uh because that's absolutely right. We try to be very transparent Mm -hmm. in what's worked for us, what we've tried, where we failed, because it's all about just taking little steps. I think when people try to make dramatic, big changes, they don't last. Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, part of of moving forward in your life with whatever you're trying to do is is failing sometimes. Absolutely. All right. Now, I know we have some upcoming events as well. Why don't we uh, tell the folks about those? Sure. We've got a few days uh, in the coming week. Now, uh, today is we're releasing this on April 13th. And so April 14th, Monday, is Pecan Day. And if you live in in South Texas, you'll know that, or anywhere in this region, you'll know that pecans, there are pecan trees everywhere. And um, so there are lots of... People selling pecans at, at certain times of year and lots of things to do with pecans. No shortage here. No. So lots of pecan pie. Pecan pie. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So that's Monday, April 14th. Wednesday, April 16th is Save the Elephant Day. And uh, you know, elephants are so intelligent. You know, if you've ever seen, I mean, their behavior, they behave a lot like uh, humans. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So um, that's a very important day. Save the Elephant Day. Uh, Thursday, April 17th is, this sounds fun, International Bat Appreciation Day. Now, that is not the baseball kind, right? No, I don't think so. critter kind. Yes. We have a good amount of bats here in South Texas. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have a big cave that one of our local meteorologists likes to show them going out every night for, right. for dinner, right? right? Steve Brown on Channel 12, right? Right. In case that. Um, but I think bats are cool. I know. They are amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want one in my house or something, but... <laughs> yeah, well, but, but they're cute. I mean, they're, and they're obviously very important to the environment. They are. They are. Uh, and I hate mosquitoes, so I love bats. <laughs> All right. And then uh, we've got a couple more. Friday, April 18th is Animal Cracker Day. Um, and, uh, you know, with Shirley Temple just passing not too long ago, uh, of course, anytime I think of animal crackers, I automatically think of I that know, song. Me too. Um, so that's, that's And great. if you don't know what we're talking about, you're too young. Yeah, w- <laughs> way too young. <laughs> or we're too old. One of the two. Oh, something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, Saturday, April 19th is Garlic Day. So, you know, we haven't done a podcast on garlic, but no. garlic has a lot of health benefits. It maybe does. we should target that or, or at least maybe a, a blog post right yeah no that would be good i think and and of course one of the one of the biggest benefits of garlic is it keeps vampires away oh absolutely oh there you go (laughs) so you know that actually the bat day the garlic day should have come before the bat day then right that's true or maybe it should be the same day (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) exactly well enough of that nonsense Okay, so let's move into our main topic now, which, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, is good sleep habits. Right. Now, ours, again, in full disclosure, are not the greatest, but we have gotten a lot better. Right. And I'm going to tell you, I at one point, my doctor prescribed me Ambien, which I never felt good about taking. I think I only took a couple before I just disposed of those. Yeah, and I think that was kind of as a last resort. It was. But I have done some things uh, that have helped me over the years. So I definitely want to share those with you today. Cool. All right. Well, let's start off with, uh, we've got two two sections to this. We're talking about some habits first, and then we'll talk about some foods. Um, because w- our focus here is on natural things. So not, you know, like you said, not uh, drugs, not Ambien, not, you know, anything like that. So let's talk about some good sleep habits. 
Number one, I think, is to keep a regular schedule as much as possible. And now that means even on the weekends, you know, I know that weekends tend to be a big uh, kind of, oh, let's sleep in on the weekends. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Occasionally we do it. Um, but I mean, we don't sleep until 11 o'clock or we don't sleep, you know. Well, and when we do it, it's usually because we took a liberty and stayed awake a little bit longer than we normally do right. on the week weeknights. And I will tell you, though, I don't like staying awake very late on the weekends either though because I tend to feel just hungover and groggy mm. the whole next day right. if I don't at least keep within about an hour of my normal sleep schedule. Right. And during the week we normally try to get to bed between 10:30 and 11. Yeah. Yeah, 10:30 and 11. Yeah. And um, now we're a little bit different. I'm more of a night owl. I've always been more of a night owl. Um but what I try to do now is at least, you know, I'm not up and out of the bedroom um after bedtime, I'm at least in bed reading or something like that, even after Vicky's gone to sleep. So um, but I always have been a little bit more of a night owl. Yeah, and I am definitely more of a morning person. Mm -hmm. I am one that will get up at 536 o'clock easily, even on days where I'm going into the office. And I do a lot of stuff before Mm -hmm. I even get into work. Right. Right. And I tend to sleep a little bit more. So I'll maybe get up at seven, you know, um, to get the day started. So uh, keep a regular schedule. And then the next thing is the darker your room or wherever it is you sleep, the darker it is, the better. And this includes things, I mean, obvious things like lights, keeping lights on, um, not a really good idea. The TV, the light from the TV, that's a lot of light. I mean, if you turn off your lights and have your TV on, that's a lot of light. I know. And you know, full disclosure here again, I tend to fall asleep with the TV on sometimes Uh, because I think it's my mind that keeps going on things for work or things for the podcast and the TV, especially when I put it at at a, at a place where I can barely hear it on, it tends to at least get, get me to the point where my mind is turning off. And, and I know a lot of people debate on this and say, this is probably not a good thing to do, but it works for me. And then I'll turn off the TV. Right. So, well, well, and the good thing is too, um, with me usually being awake longer, if you fall asleep with the TV on, then I'll turn it off. Yeah. So it doesn't stay on all night. And it doesn't always work for me. I think it's just during times when my mind is more active and I need something to kind of distract it. Right. Well, and you have certain shows that you'll put on uh, that we DVR that are kind of bedtime shows. Yeah. Um, that kind of seem to make you fall asleep. <laughs> I know. So, and it's funny because there's shows that probably would scare some people awake. Yeah. (laughs) Like ghost stories. Yeah, like ghost stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So the TV, um, another big one is your computer screen, your iPad, your iPhone, any electronics that have light coming out of them. And see, so that's something that, that I do that, I mean, according to this, I shouldn't, but it doesn't seem to hinder my sleep at all. Because like I said, after she, after we turn the lights off, after she goes to sleep, a lot of times I will read and it's, on my iPad, um, on the Kindle on my iPad. So, uh, but again, it doesn't seem to hinder my sleep. But let me just say, if you have problems sleeping, this is one of the things to try to cut out. Yeah. So we're not saying these are best practices. These are things that we still do that are actually not supposed to be best practices, but they've helped us. Right. And it all depends on what works for you. Yeah. And then the other thing that something that you wouldn't think of is light sources like um, the LED lights on electronics. So the blue light on your TV or the blue light on your computer, um, like for the, the, the power button. 
you don't think about things like that, but those really do put out a lot of light. They do, and uh, that, for some reason, bothers me more than the TV. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that's that's the second. The third is to give yourself time to unwind before going to sleep, and this is important. And that's what I'm guilty of not doing. Yeah, because you're always you're just always going. I am, you know, and your brain is always going a thousand miles an hour and it's so hard to get you to slow down i know and i come home from work and it's a full day at work Mm -hmm. i take off a little bit of time like when since just to relax change maybe play a couple of games of candy crush Mm -hmm. and then like i'm right back on the podcast stuff Mm -hmm. and i can work easily till up until 10 30 when we're going to bed at night if i don't make myself stop and larissa will tell me all right time to turn off time to turn off well, and you know, we both will we'll both be working and, and doing things like that too. But it's easier for me to kind of shut it down, I think, than it is for you. I think so. And I think a lot of that is because my time is so limited. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working on something. I'm working my full time job. And then when I come home, I, I only have a few hours right. to work, and on, I work the on the podcast. On it all and day. you work it on it all day, right? Right. So uh, during the last, at least the last 20 minutes before you shut your light off and go, you know, try to go to sleep. Uh, spend at least the last 20 minutes doing something low key or relaxing, like um, reading for pleasure, meditate, uh, anything else that's kind of will help your brain just wind down. Um, obviously, you don't want to be reading really heavy, like um, physics books or, or business um, books, business books or anything like that. Just something light. Uh, one of the things that we've started doing is trying to shut down a little bit earlier. And then we've recently gotten into modern family. Um, and we're, we're kind of late. We, we come late to a lot of these shows. And so I know it's been on for like five years now, but we just got into it. What a few weeks ago. And so we started recording all the episodes on USA. And so they're on the DVR. So what we'll do is kind of work a few, I mean, watch a few before we go to bed. And that's really nice and funny and light and, you know, kind of helps us wind down. Yep. All right. Okay, so another one that um, kind of pertains to you somewhat is if your brain is active trying to plan for tomorrow or like worrying about things, um, write them down. And I'm really good and, about that. And you are good. You are good with that. I have too much stuff to keep up with from work, mm-hmm. from my office job, and then also from our stuff that if I don't write it down, I'd go completely mm-hmm. insane. Right. And a few podcasts, one of our early podcasts was on productivity, mm-hmm. and that is a key key aspect of being able to remain organized and productive is to write things down. Don't let them stay in your head. By my nightstand, I keep index cards where when things pop into my head, I write them down. I think we have some in the bathroom too, right? Yeah, we have them everywhere. I have them everywhere. I have them on the, where I get ready in the morning because a lot of times when I get out of the shower, I'll have Mm -hmm. things pop into my head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So that's, that's important. And you know, what you're trying to do with this as if you do it at night is just to get anything out of your head that's bouncing around. So whether it's something for what you have to do the next day, uh, things for work, things for like running errands, or even if it's something personal, if you're having issues, you know, personal issues, um, you don't want to go to bed with all that in your head, because it's probably going to disturb your sleep, whether you realize it or not, you're not going to get as restful asleep. So maybe write in a journal, you know, or write yourself an email, um, and then just hit delete or something. Yeah, you know, one of the things we started doing that I really like to do is, remember, we started telling each other two things that we were grateful for that day Mm -hmm. that happened that day. I like that because it's kind of like you're getting you're making room for 
more positive things right before you go to bed rather right. than mulling over any negative things that happen to you that day. Right. Well, and you're sending yourself to sleep with positive thoughts in your head. Yeah. Which I think is really yeah. cool. That was a good idea. All right. Now let's talk about some things not to do. Right, well, there's one more thing that you can try um, to maybe help you relax. And that is um, try using some sleep inducing scents. And uh, some of these are, uh, well, the biggest one I think is lavender. And lavender has been shown to decrease heart rate and blood pressure. So that's something that you really, you know, want, especially if you're really keyed up from working too much. Um, Some other ones are chamomile, rose, jasmine, and sandalwood. And you can get, you know, you can get essential oils of all of these. And they're not terribly expensive. You can get them online. You can get them at Whole Foods. um, And... There's something that you can do to make a mist for your pillow. So you can combine a half a cup of water. And when I make um, natural like health products like this, I always use either distilled water or I'll use filtered water, mostly filtered. Yeah, and- you have to be careful of those commercial type brands because I'm I'm always skeptical. I would... We haven't bought any like that for our pillow. I don't think we have, have we? Um, I have one somewhere from like I thought it was just a room thing. I would just be skeptical of those for the chemicals that they add to right. them. I would I would much rather trust something we made. Right. So to make this, um, it's basically a half a cup of water, a half a teaspoon of witch hazel, which you can also find at natural food stores or online, and four to five drops of the essential oil of your choice. So I would try lavender or maybe chamomile, uh, jasmine, and then you just put it in a spray bottle, shake it up, and then kind of hold it high over your pillow and just mist a couple of sprays. Yeah, you don't want to hold it like no inches from your pillow. No. And you want to hold it kind of above it and just let right. the mist spray- and then, fall on it. Right, just let the mist settle. And that should help you kind of relax as you breathe that in as you're, as you're sleeping. But just make sure it's not overwhelming. Uh, all right, so a couple of things not to do. Nah, the first one is n- uh, no exercise within four hours of going to bed. And the reason, for, and now you exercise a lot more than I do. Yeah, but I exercise during the day. Right, right. But the reason for this is because it takes your body several hours to cool down completely. I mean, you may feel cool, especially after you take a shower, and you may feel like you've cooled off, you're not sweating anymore. But your body temperature, you know, it takes a while to settle down. And so you don't want to be going to bed when your your temperature like that is still elevated. Yeah, but I will say that exercise earlier in the day Mm -hmm. does help with a good night's sleep. And that's one of the things I was going to say that I've changed over the years is that while I've always enjoyed working out, I haven't always been very consistent. And within the last couple of years, I've been really consistent with working out at least four to five times a week. Right. And I know that's been part of what has helped me have a better night's sleep. Right. Okay, the next thing is um, really limit your caffeine intake. Now, especially in the afternoon and evening. Caffeine, of course, you know, everybody knows it's a stimulant. But what I didn't realize is that caffeine stays in your system for approximately eight hours. I didn't realize that either. When you told me that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. So even after the effects, Mm -hmm. after that kind of caffeine buzz wears off, it's still in your system. It's still in your system. It's still in your brain. It's still affecting your body. So for up to eight hours. So really, I mean, if you think about it, most people who work a normal nine to five, eight to five job will maybe go to bed 
between 10 and 11. So you really want to try not to have caffeine after about two o'clock in the afternoon. That includes coffee, tea, um, soda, chocolate. Now a little bit of chocolate's okay. I mean, it's not, it's not going to kill you, keep you up. Um, but really try to limit that. And then the other one is nicotine. So if you're a smoker, you have to realize that nicotine is affecting your sleep, whether you think it is or not. If you're a smoker, once you do fall asleep, withdrawal pangs from not having a cigarette can wake you up. And if you think about it, when you're smoking during the day, you're not going six to eight hours between cigarettes. Most people don't anyway. You're smoking more often. So your body's going to wake you up because it's craving nicotine at whatever intervals you're you're taking it during the day. I never thought about that until you yeah. told me that. Yeah, earlier. I didn't either until I read that. But another reason I'm glad I don't smoke. Right, me too. <laughs> um, so even if it doesn't wake you up completely, it's still waking, it's still disturbing the deep sleep patterns that you should be having. So you may not wake up completely and say, oh my gosh, I need a cigarette. But it's disturbing your sleep patterns. And then the other thing with smoking is that it can make breathing problems like sleep apnea worse. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Right. Okay, so those are some good and bad habits, you know, good habits to acquire, bad habits to get rid of. Let's talk about some foods that can help you induce or help you at least sleep. And that doesn't necessarily mean like make you pass out, but just help uh, stimulate some of the hormones in your body that assist with sleep. Okay. All right. Well, of course, now the first thing that most people automatically go for is what? Uh, Turkey. Right. And that's because it contains tryptophan. Or wine. Turkey and wine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. but that's because turkey contains tryptophan. So most people assume that that what the um, myth, because it, it is a myth, that tryptophan that turkey makes you sleepy because it, it has tryptophan in it. That's not true. Yeah, well, it's not true in itself, right? Right, right. Uh, there are a lot of caveats to that. So eating a piece of turkey before you go to sleep is not going to help you sleep. It's really not. I don't. Quite honestly, I mean, you hear a lot about that at Thanksgiving, uh-huh. but. You don't really hear about people eating like half a turkey before they go to bed. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> but I but I have read in different places, you know, well, go have a couple of slices of turkey really? lunch meat. Yeah, yeah, I've read that before. Wow. And okay, so that's bad on several levels. Lunch meat is horrible for you. Yeah, it's processed, it's most of it. It's processed yeah. nitrates and nitrites, and that's just awful. And then um, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you that way. All right, so... Let's explain a little bit about what exactly tryptophan does and doesn't do. Okay. Okay, so tryptophan helps produce niacin, which is a B vitamin. Niacin, in turn, helps produce the brain chemical serotonin. Okay, now, that serotonin is a hormone but it, that functions as a neurotransmitter in your brain. Serotonin then helps produce melatonin, which is another hormone. Now, melatonin is what is actually controlling the sleep-wake cycles in your brain. So tryptophan has to go through three, two or three steps to get there, right? The other thing is that tryptophan needs high levels of carbs to activate it. So you really need to be eating a lot of carbs with tryptophan, with foods that contain tryptophan in order to 
make it go, so to speak, I guess. So when you're like passed out after Thanksgiving watching football, it's really because of the carbs that you've eaten with Mm -hmm. the turkey. Right. right? I mean, think about how many carbs you eat at at Thanksgiving. There's potatoes, there's sweet potatoes, there's bread, there's stuffing there, you know, and that's all carbs. Yeah. And of course, as vegetarians, we don't eat turkey Mm -hmm. anymore, but Mm -hmm. I would say we still have our fair share of carbs, though. Uh, Especially at Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 In fact, probably more so because we're not eating, we're filling in that turkey with other yeah. stuff. Well, we did have the tofurkey, though. Right, right. And that was good. That's really good. That was good. really good. All right. So with this in mind, um, there are some authorities that will say that it might be, it may be best to try eating a light, healthy, all-carb snack several hours or so before bedtime. So something like maybe a couple of cups cups of air popped popcorn with no butter, you know, nothing like that, just maybe some salt, uh, or half a whole grain bagel with a piece of or a piece of toast with a little bit of honey drizzled on it, something like that. Now I know that you have a different opinion. Well, not so much a different opinion, but I do believe though that eating anywhere within a couple of hours of where you're going to go to sleep does keep your body awake because you have to work, your body's working to digest the food. Mm -hmm. So, and not to mention that's calories that you're not burning off. So I am still, I would still say, of course, if if you're talking about a bagel versus having to pop an Ambien, then of course I would say go for the bagel. (laughs) Right. But I'm still from the camp of, I think you can do enough things throughout the day so that by the time you get to bedtime, hopefully as you're winding down, that you're not having to do that. I would, right. I would still try to kind of stay away from that myself. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so there are some foods that do aid in melatonin production directly, not via tryptophan or anything like that, but that actually help produce melatonin in the body. Uh, namely, there are four of them. Cherries, tomatoes, uh, grape skins, not not the grape itself, but what's in the skin. So you eat the grape, in other words. Right. It's funny when you told me that earlier, because I was like, who peels grapes? <laughs> no. You know, I'm sure out there, there are some, there's somebody who peels grapes. Wow. That seems like it would be a task, though. To right. Do I know. They're so small. <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing somebody with a little... And then there's peeler. like nothing left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so eat eat the grapes with the skins please um and then also walnuts uh, now here's one that i i found fascinating because i always my mom always said bananas were really heavy food but bananas is also another one right mm-hmm. now, so bananas contain magnesium and potassium mm-hmm. so they're both natural muscle relaxants right and again i guess it depends on how close to bedtime that is right and how many bananas you eat i mean yeah. you don't want to eat a bunch of bananas yeah uh, now bananas are are separate they don't they don't aid in melatonin production, but they do yes. have the muscle relaxants. Sorry, I, I went into the next That's thing. That's okay. So. And then uh, sweet potatoes. Also, a sweet potato is a complex carb, and it also contains potassium. But it, again, I, I just can't see eating sweet potatoes, you know, before you go to bed. And then foods to avoid before going to bed. Um, and, and now a lot of that, some of this is something you want to avoid anyway. Uh, high fat foods because they're hard on your system and they're hard to process sugar you know that'll just hype you up um dark chocolate the reason they say dark chocolate is because it contains more caffeine than 
milk chocolate or more processed chocolate. Of course, you it also contains sugar, so you don't want to eat that close to bedtime anyway. And then spicy foods. And the reason for that is that it can cause heartburn, indigestion problems, and that will wake you up. And then also proteins, because for the reason that you said, you have to work, to, your body has to work to digest. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, one of the things I wanted to add is that several years ago, what has it been like eight years ago when I was diagnosed with sleep apnea? Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble sleeping and you're trying some of these things and it's not working, it's really important that you talk to your doctor about potentially having a sleep study done. Right. I had severe sleep apnea. I still do, I guess, but I was diagnosed eight years ago and I was having so much trouble sleeping and my symptoms were getting worse and worse. I was getting migraines. I was being forgetful. A lot of terrible things were happening because of the sleep apnea and Right after I got my sleep apnea machine, I mean, like the next day, mm-hmm. the symptoms were gone. Right. So it's very important that if you're still having trouble sleeping or you're waking up feeling very groggy and that you're not, you know, you're trying some of these things and you're healthy otherwise, that you talk to your doctor because it could be a sign of sleep apnea or something more serious. Uh, but you definitely want to have that conversation because the, it, it can have really adverse impacts to your health. Right, right. And, you know, what what you went through was just awful. And it, it went was. on for months and months and months. And, you know, it took, it took what, two doctors? To, it did. Because, Actually, I will be on. I diagnosed mm-hmm, myself. Right. I made him and then I left him because right. it was like he couldn't get that it could have been this. I, I was looking things up online. And I said, could it be this? Because mm-hmm. he was sending me to specialists to treat all these sorts of different things symptoms, but not really putting the big picture together. And that's when I said, I think it might be this because when I googled all my symptoms together, sleep apnea kept coming up. So it's really important that you get yourself uh, tested for that. And don't be fooled into thinking either. A lot of times people think you have to be overweight to have sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. While being overweight can aggravate sleep apnea. I know some people that are very healthy and very uh, normal weight that are that still have it. Well, and it depends on on the um, physical anatomy, the physical, the way your nose and your yes. My doctor told me because I asked, and that's which one of my doctors said that even she said even if you were at your absolute ideal weight, mm-hmm. you would still have it because you have obstructive sleep apnea, and it has some. You know, she explained that whole mm-hmm. thing to me. But you're absolutely right. So don't be fooled into thinking you can't have this if you're of normal. Uh, weight because it it can still affect you. Right. Okay, so let's move into the recipe of the week. Okay, well, this is another Vicky's. I know last week, uh, was it last week we had Vicky's? No, it was a couple weeks ago we had Vicky's. uh, I invent a lot of recipes. Yeah, you do. Well, and I think we we give these your name because you like them and I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is Vicky's Bedtime Smoothie. And it's basically, it's super easy. It's just almond milk, frozen cherries, uh, half a banana, some flax meal, nutmeg, and just a little bit of honey. And just put it in a, in a Vitamix or just a regular blender, blend it all up. And there you go. Yeah, and just to clarify though, when even though it says bedtime, I'm not drinking this like right at bedtime. No, no. If I drink this, it's earlier and it's usually mm-hmm. to in place of like where I'd want a dessert or something mm-hmm. sweet because right. it does have a little bit of a sweet flavor, but it's usually at least a couple of hours again before I go to sleep. Yeah, you don't want to down this and then lay down and oh go no. To sleep. And smoothies are no. very filling even when you just put water instead of flax me- I'm sorry, water instead of almond milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they can be very filling. Right. 
Right. So, all right. So you have a quote for us this week, and I love this one. I, I can't do. wait for you to share this. I do. This is one of my favorite authors. I think I had read every, this is, it's John Steinbeck. And I think by the time I was 13 or 14, I had read every Steinbeck novel. Um, that amazes me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had older tastes when I was growing up. You sure did. Um, okay, so John Steinbeck says... It is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the committee of sleep has worked on it. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? It is. And that's, I mean, the sh- way to shorten that is sleep on it. Right? right. Exactly. But I just love the committee of sleep. Yeah. It makes me feel like there's like a whole like um, boardroom full of people in my head. Yeah. You know, just working on it and, and putting out memos and and you know, writing uh, proposals and things like that, you know? Isn't yeah, it, it's a cool I, I told Larissa that it's funny because when I was younger, I remember I was trying to, I, I played the guitar and I remember trying to figure out this one part of a heart song, the band Heart, that I really loved, but I couldn't figure it out. And of course, now you just go on the internet and you can, you know, get the guitar tab or whatever. But back in those days, <laughs> there wasn't this thing. You had to actually figure it out in your you head. To listen to it. Yeah. 5,000 uh, times. Exactly. And on an album, right? So <laughs> such a pick up the needle and move it. Uh, and I went to sleep with this in my head and I woke up and, well, let me say, I dreamt that I was playing it and I woke up, I picked up my guitar immediately and I got to play it. That is I so cool. It. That's like your brain is working on things overnight. Right. So that's why we really wanted to share this with you because a healthy sleep is essential to your overall health. Mm-hmm. You, If you don't get enough sleep, for me, it's about seven hours. Some people debate how many hours you really need of sleep. I think it does depend on pers- uh, person to person. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's seven hours. If it's less than that, I just don't feel myself all day. Mm-hmm. If it's more than that, too, sometimes it's counterproductive. Right. I, I don't need um, seven hours. I can go on less. But, you know, I mean, not less than six for sure. Yeah, and it's everybody is different. Yeah, and I think the same thing kind of with naps too. Right. If I sleep too long during the day, a nap is nice once in a while to lay, lay down and just mm-hmm. kind of chill out for a while. But if I sleep like three hours or something, like that a couple of weekends ago, yeah. we slept like a, two hours, yeah. that's pushing it for me. Right. I, usually like a 30-minute to an hour nap is good for me, but some people benefit from longer. So. Right, and I'm one of those people, I can take longer naps. I don't need to sleep as much at night, but if I do take a nap, I don't need a nap every day, but if I do, you know, I, I can take easily take a two-and-a-half-hour nap. All right, so what are we going to ask the folks to do this week? All right, well, let's see. This week... Why don't we ask that maybe for the last two hours before you go to bed, try not to eat anything. Try to kind of, you know, eat what you eat a good dinner, eat something filling so that you're not going to be hungry, uh, starving, because you don't want to go to bed super, super starving either, because that's you're not going to sleep well. That's true. That's a good mm-hmm. point, because that has kept me up or woken me up in the mm-hmm. middle of the night also. Yes. So eat a good filling dinner, maybe have a little snack, and then... Try not to eat anything for the last two hours or so before you go to sleep. Yeah, and try to unwind. Use the Mm -hmm. last, uh, as we were saying, try to start to turn things off Mm -hmm. and not to work up until you have to go to bed or do anything that's too, that involves using too much of your brain. Right, (laughs) right. Okay, well, I think we're just about ready to wrap it up. Don't forget to stop by the show notes for this episode and leave us a comment letting us know what you thought about the content today and also for links to resources that uh, that we used in order to do some research for this podcast. Right. 
We also have a feature on our website for leaving us a voicemail. We haven't gotten one in a no, couple of weeks, so I no. would love to hear a voicemail. And as always, if you have a few minutes, head out to iTunes and leave us some ratings like the ones you heard at the beginning of this podcast. Those really help people to find us, uh, which increases our audience, and it makes us happy. It does make us happy. <laughs> that When I read those two, we got two those two like just back to back. And when I, when I checked our reviews, they were both there at once. And... I was just so excited. It made my day. And then I, so I called Vicky down and I said, look, look, I look, we got reviews. And, and she said, oh, that's like the best thing I've heard all day. Yeah, it was. So, so please, uh, if you have a couple minutes and you find value in what we're providing you here, please head out to the iTunes store and leave us a rating. Right. Thank you. I think that does it for today. All right. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.